are you? Good morning and I know the mini podcast is back. It's been a while for sure. Uh, For those of you who are new to me, new to this, uh, this was something that I started uh, just a little bit before Christmas, uh, these mini podcast style chats whereby I have a topic in mind, I pop some bullet points down and basically hit record and go. I was, it was a good thing to be doing before Christmas and then you can probably guess the gym got stupidly busy uh, post New Year as ever and uh, and this kind of tailed off but at the moment we have a wee bit more time. Uh, I know a lot of you are out doing your, your walks and your steps while we're in isolation so maybe this is a good way to uh, to reach out, to expand on on some ideas and hopefully, hopefully you find some value from it. So uh, yeah, enjoy. So this is actually something I sent out to clients yesterday, a breakdown of macronutrients, what they are, what their function is in the body, and um, but it might be something that's a little bit more accessible for me to chat about rather than you reading off a piece of paper. Um, so yeah, as I say, pop me in your ears while you're walking, driving, maybe you're lucky enough to be working at the moment, um, and yeah, I am just going to, to chat away. What are macros to start with? Basically, your carbs, your fats, and your proteins, everything that makes up the food we eat. It's essentially the next layer when we talk about nutrition. So you'll hear calorie deficit banded around a lot. Um, the calorie deficit for sure is, uh, is one thing. And if you hear me talk about the pyramid of prioritization, calorie deficit is the most important thing, is the top of that pyramid. But then macros come into play. We're pretty familiar with uh, MyFitnessPal. If you have a look at the pie chart at the end of your day, it's that circle that has blue and green and red quadrants of your carbs, your proteins and your fats. Um, I wanted to take a bit of a nosedive into each one and discuss what they do in the body, why they are all equally important. Um, and yeah, the benefits of all, the sources, um, etc. So let's start with the first one, carbohydrates, carbs. If you've ever read a diet from the 90s, from the noughties, it's probably suggested that you either limit, reduce, or completely eliminate carbs altogether. I strongly suggest that you eliminate that diet from your life altogether. As a caveat, anything that suggests that you cut out a whole food group is probably something to be avoided, and I'll explain a little bit as to why that's the case a little bit later on. Carbohydrates are essential. They're an essential nutrient to supply your body with energy. They're your body's main energy source. They provide a steady and readily available energy source to things like your brain and your nervous system. These things are known as obligate users of glucose. So the sugars that we have in the body, the brain and the nervous system use at all times. It's really key to remember that for your brain to function, it needs a supply of sugar at all times. Carbohydrates can either be stored, so as you eat them, they can either be immediately used or they can be stored in the muscles and the liver as glycogen. They can be classified into two types. I'm going to keep this really, really simple. They can either be simple carbohydrates or complex. Let's call them sugary or starchy carbohydrates. The reason carbs get a bad name is sugary carbohydrates tend to be the things that we overconsume. So you can find them in things like fruits, some veg, milk, dairy products, cakes, biscuits, all that good stuff, fruit juices, they're all your sugary 
carbohydrates and yet they tend to be the ones that are eh, typically over consumed fruit by the way gets a really bad name particularly at the moment as being as being a quote-unquote bad carb for a number of different reasons nutrient density fiber vitamins etc fruit's an amazing thing to have in your diet the reason being is yes it does have naturally occurring sugars and people tend to jump on the bandwagon that those calories can be classified in the same way as you eating a custard cream 99% of people realize that that is just not the case so don't eliminate fruit from your diet please the other one is starchy carbohydrates and again this can be found in a lot of our diets Starchy carbohydrates are great. Bottom line, they're great. They help regulate your body's blood sugar levels. So if you've ever heard me talk about keeping your blood sugar levels constant during the day, um, I'm talking about prioritizing starchy carbohydrates. They help keep those insulin levels uh, nice and consistent. They help you avoid things like, have you ever had the 3 p.m. slump? So you get halfway through the afternoon and you feel a little bit low and that's your blood sugar levels dipping and something that we really want to avoid. We want to avoid that peak and trough in those blood sugar levels. And starchy carbohydrates help you to do that. If you ever heard me chat about the glycemic index, the GI index, um, that's another that's another thing. I will talk, chat about that another day actually. Um, start to carbohydrates though, the things like things that are typically high in fiber. So yeah, your veggies, uh, whole grains, wholemeal, all that good stuff. Um, it helps keep the digestive system regular. Actually helps di- slow your digestive system down, which is a positive thing. The longer and slower that things are in your system, the more nutrients you can accept. The more nutrients you can essentially extract from them, the fuller you feel for longer and it helps things like avoiding constipation, keeping your tummy nice and happy. So the Western diet, the UK in particular, is one that's quite rich in carbohydrates. It's not something that we need to worry about. Really, really common is found in a lot of foods we will gravitate towards. So things like bread, breakfast cereals, rice, pasta, potatoes, etc. As I say, it's not something we generally need to be concerned about um, having limited uh, resources in. If anything, we overconsume our carbs. Um, and without going into too much detail, overconsumption of carbohydrates can lead to, to lead to fat storage. And that's something that obviously if you have aesthetic or physique goals, we would want to um, keep tabs on. We'd want to reduce that and make sure that your carb intake is, uh, is in line with your goals. As I say, your carb intake will be a direct reflection of your activity. So say the more active you are, the more carbohydrates you will need to actually fuel your body. If you um, exercise a lot, if you're very, very active, that will need to be higher than someone who leads a more sedentary lifestyle. It's that classic energy balance, energy in versus energy out. So bear this in mind, it's definitely not about uh, limiting your carbs if you are an active person. Um, if you if you need if you need fuel sources, of course, that's something that you'd look to you'd need to look to balance. Um, but as I say, the problem comes when we over consume those carbohydrate sources. So let's move on to fats, another macronutrient that gets a really bad name and I'll explain a little bit as to why this is slightly misguided. So firstly, what do fats actually do in the body? Again, they're an energy source. They provide us with energy. Crucially as well, they can be a stored energy source. For some of us, we have a little bit too much fat storage and actually that's the problem, but they are a stored energy reserve that we can call upon if we need it. They provide us with insulation, so the fact that we can keep our body at a certain temperature, that 
that's due to a lot of fat around our bodies. Um, they're also used to transport key vitamins. They're used for cell construction, so every cell in your body has a membrane. Included in that membrane is fats for every single cell. And they also prevent water loss. So the fact that we don't just evaporate all the water that we consume and we have to get rid of that via sweat is because of the layer of fat around our body. There are two types of fat, and this is actually what people mean by, this is why it gets a bad name, um, and people talk about good versus bad fats. Let's start with bad fats. What are people actually talking about? They're chatting about saturated and trans fats. An easy way to spot a saturated fat um, is usually found in meat and dairy, things like milk, butter, etc. Um, and the way that you'll spot it is it's normally solid at room temperature. So imagine a piece of steak, that bit of fat around the outside of it, that's your saturated fat. Trans fats, they're found in things like margarine, fast food, ready meals, commercially baked goods, anything that has to last for a slightly longer period of time, that's usually your trans fats. These are the two that you want to keep tabs on that you don't want too much in your diet, as opposed to monosaturated and polyunsaturated fats. These are the things, if you ever heard Flora talk about, let's promote your omega-3s and 6, your healthy heart fats. These are the ones that they're talking about. So that you'll find things like olive oil, uh, nuts, nut butters, avocados, oily fish. So your salmons, mackerels, sardines, all of that. Mediterranean diet is a good example of, uh, of mono and polyunsaturated fats. The quote-unquote heart-healthy diets. So it's good to bear this in mind. Um, it is easy to think of it in good versus bads, um, if that if that's easier. What you have to bear in mind, most foods have a mixture of lots of different types of fats. So if you pick something up, um, it doesn't typically just contain one type of fat. Usually there's different proportions of saturated, monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats. What you want to do is pick those food groups that have less saturated and more of the other two in it. They're not just universally one or the other, if that makes sense. So that's your fats. Again, gets given a really, really bad name, but the bottom line is that you need fats in your diet. Like I say, all of your cells require it. And imagine we didn't have any fat storage anywhere on our body. What would happen if we suddenly, if we suddenly needed it? For practical examples, what if you suddenly had to do a, an endurance event um, and you needed to tap into stores? If you had to, God forbid, if you had to go into hospital for a long period of time and you know you, you needed extra stores on the body to, uh, to rely on. These are the kind of examples whereby having fat on the body is, is not a bad thing at all. As I say though, it's the degree of fat storage that most of us uh, most of us struggle with and most of us obviously want to keep in check for for a number of reasons whether that be health or aesthetic so the last one protein what is it and why is it so essential protein basically provides the building blocks of all new tissue so whenever you want to build tissue repair cells that's where protein comes into play it also is heavily involved in the production of enzymes, hormones and antibodies. So for our whole body to function, to regulate, to stay nice and happy, that again is protein. It can be used as a fuel source, but for a number of reasons, it wouldn't be the body's go-to um, as a fuel source. I'll talk about that a wee bit in a second. Protein can be, protein is made up of 20 amino acids. 
we can actually make 11 of these amino acids in the body. We can make 11 of them. So just by going about your daily business, your body does an amazing job of making a lot of these. The other nine, however, have to come from the diet. They're known as the essential amino acids. So these nine have to be consumed by the things we eat. There's two ways to do that. Animal-based protein or plant-based. Animal-based proteins are your things found in red meats, chicken, all white meat, fish, dairy products, and eggs. These contain all nine essential amino acids and therefore are known as complete proteins. If you follow a vegan or a vegetarian diet, you'll be opting for plant sources instead. These are proteins found in fruits and veg, nuts, seeds, beans and pulses, that kind of thing. So these sources don't actually contain all nine themselves. They're known as incomplete proteins, which is really, really important if you do follow one of these diets that you're getting a good variety in there because it's making sure that you're hitting all nine. You just, you can completely do it. You just need possibly a number of different sources in order to do that rather than just opting for one chicken breast, one steak, if you get what I mean. So the body, as I said, needs protein and it uses it as a building block. That's one of the reasons that protein isn't one of the main fuel sources. You'll use carbs and fats as a fuel source before you'll use protein, exactly because it's used in this building process. We use it to, to build, we don't use it to break down, to use as an energy source. So our body will use carbs and then fats typically before, before it'll opt for protein. So by this point, you're maybe rightly thinking, okay, well, you're telling me all macronutrients are created equally. Why, if you've ever worked with me one-to-one or online, you might ask, well, why then do you promote a calorie or and a protein goal? Calories and protein only, particularly if someone is starting. Um, for reasons in that I think the weight loss and the fat loss process is very much overcomplicated, but that's a topic for another day. But you might be asking, okay, well, why do you promote those two things? Typically, protein will be the one that people find really hard to keep high in their diet. Fats, we can very easily overconsume, as I've illustrated previously. Carbs, also very, very easy to overconsume. Protein's the one that we tend to find a little bit of a stumbling block or we have to keep tabs on. Um, it's a really, really great source for keeping you satiated. So it will keep you full for longer. That isn't a myth. So if you've ever seen those things that are like, oh, buy this protein yogurt, buy this protein ready meal. Okay, don't buy don't buy the ready meal, but it'll keep you fuller for longer. That's usually the marketing line they take on it. And it is true. Um, for a number of different reasons, protein will tend to satiate in the body for longer. So that is why I will opt always, if you're trying to build muscle, strip fat, um, that is why I will promote a calorie and a protein goal for sure. Let's get down to the numbers. So when it comes to carbs, fats, and proteins, you've got four calories per gram in both carbohydrates and protein. I've got nine calories per gram of fats. So fats are that little bit denser. I will always, always promote that you include all macronutrients as part of your diet. As I say, I don't look to eliminate anything at all. The balance, however, of those macronutrients are going to be really, really specific to you, your body type, and your goal. If you're looking to strip fat, build muscle, you have performance goals, maybe you're looking to maintenance, your balance of macros is going, it's going to be different. It's all going to be different depending on you. It's also not crucial to track macronutrients. So don't think off the back of this, I'm saying to everyone, okay, 
jump on my fitness pal. You need to know what your uh, percentages are, your ratios. No, absolutely not. If it's not in line with your goals, it's not something you should be doing. But I do think it's really, really important to arm yourself with the knowledge to have an awareness of what these macros are, what they do and how this can actually help you. Also really helps challenge beliefs. So if someone comes along and says to you, do you know that you actually should cut out all carbs from, from your diet? Fad diets will promote this. And my main message is have as much knowledge as you can so you can make the most informed decision for you. I think it's really, really important as well that we don't just go mindlessly along this process. So when you look at my fitness pal, you look at that pie chart at the end of the day that has the blue quadrant for carbs, green for protein and reds for fats. You know what you're looking at. These aren't just numbers anymore. They actually make sense. You know what to keep an eye on. You know what they should be. Um, and as I say, just keeping, um, keeping up to date with your knowledge. Knowledge is power for sure. So thank you for listening to to this little to this little ramble. I might be a, I might be new to to a lot of you. This might be new to a lot of you. So go back and have a little listen to to some of the other ones. Um, I do kind of focus on mindset. Some of them are a little bit more factual. So I'm always open to discussion, uh, feedback, any questions you may have, anything would be really, really appreciated. So either message me, pop a comment, let me know if you found this valuable. If you've got any questions specific to your process, I would, I would love to hear them. But um, yeah, as I say, I hope this provides some value and I hope you have a great day and we'll catch up very, very soon.